0: hang me
1: wouldn't they take me up bricks road and hang me in the square wouldn't be the first time would it
0: oh is that where they hung your father
1: sort our subject
0: yeah i was gonna say those are he's provoking oh, him so much in this scene. <laughs> well,
1: those I scars guards
0: you? they're just bastards but they're so you. handsome
1: so do you think the star path unit could have been like a test like, does he really want that Starbucks
0: unit? Uh, yeah, no. I think he. I think it's literally like he was looking for Andor. Andor is the commodity. Because remember, like, I mean, I think like when when he tells Bix, your guy wants to meet me. To me, that is the clear indication that like, Dullin Skarsgard has been scouting him like a major league scout, pointing that radar gun at Cassie and Andor, and he knows way more about Andor than Andor knows that he knows you know know what what it is
1: is uh uh, is willy wonko he hid golden tickets throughout the galaxy to find someone to take over the rebellion for him and now andor has got the golden ticket it's yours
0: charlie all of it
1: Andor, you know what happened to the rebel who got everything he always wanted he lived happily ever (laughs) after until the death star nuked him
0: But for uh, a moment there, yeah. he gets a, he was really a blissful happy. happiness. I guess he does ride <laughs> up in an elevator at one point in Rogue One, doesn't he? He Is does. He? That's <laughs> a walk evader up that Scarif uh, control antenna. Oh, my God. Somebody get out there and make the fan art for us, please. Sideways. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, welcome back to New Rockstars. Star Wars Andor episodes 1, 2, and 3 introduce Cassian Andor as a refugee turned cop killer turned reluctant rebel joining the mysterious Luthen Rael. But how long has Luthan been researching Andor? to groom this new rebel spy what has been uh, a part of his plan could this uh, starpath unit not really be all it's cracked up to be well you'll get your answers when you fix this and door, door.
0: <laughs> i'm in i'm going with it i'm going with it i'm in too
1: this is wookie leaks it's our weekly reaction to the latest in star wars and now our official after show for andor on disney plus i'm here with tommy bechtold and tommy it is so good to be back with you
0: i mean i've missed you i've gotten to see you in the meantime but it's just not the same without our weekly meetings may i try something you'll get your answers no if and or buts about it (laughs)
1: I love it. Every week, I think we'll have to come up with a new one, right?
0: My wife said she was either going to leave me and or invite a third person into our relationship. Uh, That might be
1: good. Uh, Since we're both improvisers, I think we have to say, Always practice yes Yes and and or or. just bulldoze your way through a scene to get those sweet, sweet laughs, baby.
0: Just shout, I'm the flying elephant. I'm the flying elephant. No one can stop you.
1: I mean, I remember that, Harold, Tommy. (laughs) You brought the house down with that move. We needed a flying elephant. Literally, the the
0: theater collapsed upon itself like the first episode of (laughs) Vinyl with Bobby Conneval. Deep cut.
1: <laughs> um hey i just want to say this show Andor mm-hmm. is the star wars content i didn't know that i needed i mm-hmm. love it so much i uh truly do think it is my favorite live action star wars thing that's been on disney plus oh yeah um I, it's it's just you remember when we watched the mandalorian first episode before grogu showed up in that mm-hmm. bassinet and it honestly felt like we don't these are all strangers we don't yeah. know any of these characters we don't know if they're gonna have any consequence to the broader fate of the star wars universe and i just kind of love that now i loved it on a different level when grogu showed up but like for those first 22 minutes i was like totally down for what it was going to be and that's kind of what Andor feels like and i i truly love it it feels so refreshing there's been a lot of debate online about Mm. like does star wars or all media need what we call easter eggs and what first off i would say people who are saying the show doesn't have easter eggs do not really know what easter eggs are yeah and or not willing to actually dig and look for Easter eggs and expect Easter eggs to be served to them on silver platters.
0: We'll excavate those eggs, Eric. We'll get in with our earth movers. We'll keep digging.
1: And if you haven't seen my breakdown of the first two episodes, I was able to find quite a bit of like Mm. interesting, deeper layers of detail in Star Wars interconnectivity. I think people were like, no Easter eggs. It's like, well, then just translate any of the Orabesh that's on screen. If you're not willing to do that, then maybe don't call yourself a, a Star Wars content creator uh mm-hmm. you're just someone who's like just reacts and recaps to you're stuff just a, and you're just willing a guy to actually...
0: a, you're just a guy with a puppet <laughs> that's all yep you're just a guy with a puppet but i
1: think uh i i really love this show and i think yeah. the first three episodes i've uh you know i've described i've compared these to like watching spike lee's do the right thing or the wire mm-hmm. and that and even like there's definitely some blade runner vibes in there mm-hmm. where it just feels like We're living in this fantasy world with these characters, but it's like applying this concept of if this, then what else? If we know that there would be an oppressive society, an authoritarian regime uh, where people are just trying, they're all having to be mobilized to serve this empire. How would people on the lower rungs of society get by in these transactional relationships where everyone just looks at something in terms of their bottom line, uh, mm-hmm. where people are worried that they're going to be cracked down on by their superiors? The idea of private security, it, re- it reminds me of in Aliens, the Wayland yutani Corporation of just mm-hmm. outsourcing um, outsourcing security. Uh, yeah. out in space it's just fascinating to see like what corporate grunts how they how yeah. they approach their jobs just private
0: private private sector empire workers that are like yeah we're just like 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 people that like it reminds me like analogously to people and like that over trump up their jobs in the real world like it's like these guys probably like go to like parties and they're like i work for the empire adjacently through a private security company uh- yeah
1: uh, and and in, a, in a way, in this kind of society Everyone works for the Empire right, You know, right. unless you're a rebel You are right. somehow feeding the Empire machine right. Right. Um, So it's just interesting to see How this has affected everyone in society uh, There's like a famous quote from George R. R. Martin When he was talking about what he wanted to do With his the Song of Ice and Fire books Compared to what Tolkien did with The Lord of the Rings trilogy And basically look like What is the tax policy of the realm? Mm. You know, that's that's a question he wanted to explore In mm-hmm. his world And now it feels like we're exploring what is the tax policy of star wars universe now i know you're going to say well that's what the prequels did with like the trade federation and tax policy but i don't i think that was discussed as motivations for characters right. but you didn't really feel the economic impact on mm-hmm. characters in that world mm-hmm. because we were still focused on jedi and and princesses and and mm-hmm. uh important people at the top of all of that drama right. now we're seeing people who are Basically anonymous red shirts, you know, and, and we're seeing how they have to like pick up work shifts, how they have to cover for each other, uh, how it feels like such a lived in universe, uh, Mm -hmm. where everything is just kind of a transaction, but everything is also life and death when you're at that level in, an authoritarian society, because like, you know, this idea of like the city goes to sleep early. And so you have to have an alibi squared away because Mm -hmm. like your, every movement can be tracked. But what's interesting is it's not always tracked. Like right. this private security, it's like they have to like uh, bully each other into looking yeah. at the flight logs. Yeah. And he's like, it's going to take it's me all night to do that. Any,
0: it's the same as any company. You got a few people that are like barely do their job. And when you barely do your right. job, then what's expected versus what's delivered are two very different things, you know? like This
1: is like the first Star Wars show where it's really seemed like People are actually lazy at their jobs, Mm -hmm. like uh, in an actual realistic level of laziness. Mm -hmm. We've seen lazy stormtroopers before, but we kind of like scoff at that because it's like, why wouldn't you like, wouldn't you be a bit more uh, gung ho and more of like a Rambo type? Uh, Why you wouldn't be so sleepy on the on the watch? Whereas this it's like, no, these are the types of jobs where people would be kind of like lazy Mm. and petty and annoyed, Mm. you know, and I love that.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: Let's go through uh, just with a recap of the episodes. And just a reminder, since the first three episodes of Andor dropped at the same time, you probably have seen this on the channel at this point, we decided to do things a bit differently. My Easter egg breakdowns for episode one and for episode two are already on the channel. So if you only had time to watch one or two episodes so far, you could watch those uh, videos right away. We Mm -hmm. want to do it uh, that way for you guys. And we delayed this Wookiee Leaks reaction to all three episodes to right now. Uh, And we want to do that so that fans had a bit more time to watch all three episodes in you know whatever the first 24 hours or so so if you um you know as you saw at the beginning of this video this reaction is going to cover everything through the end of andor episode three my easter egg breakdown of andor episode three will be on the channel next tomorrow um so recap episode one takes us back to five bby this is five years before rogue one And as i pointed out my breakdown it's interesting that they put Bby on mm. screen. That's not something that Star Wars commonly does, and I go into why that's important in the breakdown. But uh Cassian Andor is on the planet of Morlana One, and he's searching in a brothel, which is just a fascinating setting to be in in Star Wars. Mm. uh There's been a lot of headlines about like, oh, finally Andor acknowledges the existence of sex in Star Wars, which I think is just like an overstatement, yeah. like because like obviously uh, there are characters who are, who are hooking up, having
0: sex. Yeah, la- uh, 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 Padme is pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> right so we know
1: it, it happened there i understand we didn't show it on screen but there's also been like expanded uh, universe literature there's been other literature so that Star is Wars
0: movie implies that like there's like you know whatever right
1: right i mean just the existence of like twilight dancers and slave leia like we know that sex is happening on java's pleasure yacht like there's There is sex in Star Wars, uh, but uh, I'll admit on Disney Plus, this is the first time where it's been so explicit, you know, the fact Mm -hmm. that uh, a brothel is there and uh, it just feels like so noir in a way that Star Wars rarely is. Mm. Uh, And he's searching for a Canary girl that he claims is his sister, Uh, but this gets him in a scuffle with two pre-more private security cops and he ends up killing them both. And again, I just love the way this is directed, Uh, like the fact that like so much is subtext And the way that uh, cop is at first like, you killed him, you killed him. And then realizes, oh, you still have the gun. Mm -hmm. Um, We can can talk our way out of this. We can figure this out. And it's a running theme that I go into in the breakdown is how so many characters in this first episode come up with these alternate version of events just to Mm -hmm. cover their ass. Like everyone on every level is doing that. They have such a loose relationship with the truth. Mm -hmm. And it feels so accurate for people living in an authoritarian society. Uh, you have to have a loose relationship with the truth and juke the stats and 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 kind of cover your ass in these ways. Um, and everyone is lying through their teeth constantly. So uh, Cassian returns to the planet Ferrix, where he's greeted by his adorable stuttering droid B2 emo. Uh, the fact that the droid has to like recharge in order to lie is Ooh. such a
0: fun world detail. Yes. I love it so much. He's B2 emo has my heart already. I yeah, dear God, release the merchandise. Uh, <laughs> I need him. This
1: this bl- this large, huge Roomba. Yeah. Like, I want that merchandise because it's so hard to own as a toy. Yeah. It's going to take up so much space yes. in your room. I
0: might, it's yeah. going to make a huge mess. I might just make a shop vac into a B2MO <laughs> uh, Like uh, facsimile.
1: Yep. Uh, so, uh, we learned from flashback dreams that Cassian uh, used to be named Cassa and was part of an all-youth tribe of kids on Canary. And they speak this unsubtitled language, mm-hmm. which I think is so fascinating. We don't need to know what they're saying. We can kind of get it from context but it creates this like emotional distance between us like we're watching like a documentary mm-hmm. of these kids like a photojournalist was embedded with these kids and he's like i don't know what they're saying but here's how they operate like it was just so cool and he leaves behind the sister figure as the kids go on to check out a crash site but back on Ferrix, we just get a feel for the town all the blue collar community vibes uh how they break down republic era ships for scraps to repurpose for an imperial fleet uh, Cassian asks his friend Brasso to form an alibi Deputy Inspector Cyril Karn tries to dig into the murders But is told by a superior to brush it under the rug To avoid an Imperial crackdown mm. Cassian asks Bix to call her contacts So he can sell off a valuable Imperial Starpath unit Karn goes rogue, bullies his subordinates Into tracking down the suspect And releases essentially an APD on a Canary male mm. And on episode 2 That widens our look at the work down on Ferrix Including this badass time grappler In a bell tower yes. And I pointed out in the breakdown that this actor Is uh, one of the starter car guys In Dune, who talks like this and speaks another way. He's such an amazing physical actor. Uh, and i just love how committed he is with yeah. the, this bell that he's ringing cassian's stepmom is marva andor so his name was not originally andor he got it from marva uh, and she's worried that people will know now that he's from canary bix's boyfriend tim gets jealous of bix's friendship with cassian and snitches on cassian pre Premore security karn teams up with my favorite character from these first three episodes yes linus mosk Whoa.
0: this what guy a, what a performance what a voice i
1: called him dwight Schrute of, yeah. uh, of morlana one yeah. he's such a dwight Schroot. like yeah no we need to take our job seriously sir there's fomenting from pockets of fomenting oh
0: god i I almost thought that like i was like is he is he on the rebellion side (laughs) because he's so over the top he's so intense we need more men like you sir you're doing it the best sir i wish we could (laughs) all do it like you sir i'm on your side completely sir Pew, 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 pew. but doesn't it make sense that um people
1: in pre-more security private security would have a guy like this oh yeah like uh, kind of like a volunteer sheriff essentially mm-hmm. who's like so gung-ho it's
0: the it's the guy that runs security at like a local like carnival that like deputizes himself like he's like you know what yeah. I'm gonna take this job way too seriously I'm gonna bring like pepper spray six flashlights <laughs> and like put like a Put like a like a squirt gun in a gun holster and walk around like this all day. It's that yeah, guy. Yeah,
1: he's uh, a major a community watch volunteer. Yes, vibes from this a guy. Lot of care,
0: big care, um, and vibes. <laughs>
1: perfect casting yes. and like he's older too, yeah. which is great because yeah. he's a guy who's like missed opportunities in the past and has just got all this like. Yeah, old school, grandfathered in yeah. institutional knowledge. Like, made no friends after on the Forest for twenty years. Yeah, uh, real piece of work. Yeah, and he's played by the actor from Chernobyl. A lot of Chernobyl actors, including mm. obviously Stellan in Skarsgård. But mm. he's played by the guy who plays the coal miner who they make us uh, go dig the trench underneath mm. Chernobyl, mm-hmm. and he strips down naked. This and he also is in uh, the Batman. He plays Commissioner Pete Savage in mm-hmm. the Batman. Such a great actor. I love that he's having a moment in 2022. So they lead this raid to Ferrix, And then Bix's contact, Luth and Rael, makes his way to Ferrix to meet Cassian. And in the canary flashbacks, Cassian sees this abandoned mining pit and the crash site where gas victims in separatist uniforms kill the kid's leader. Uh, uh, and then Cassian turns around not to follow the kids, but to explore the ship. And then on episode three, my favorite jump cut where we go from beat up b 2 Emo <clears throat> to like nice, clean, unstuttery, powered up. B2EMO with Marva and Clem. They are the ones who gas these separatists to scavenge their ship. And they find Cassa as he looks at his reflection and starts smashing up the separatist ship bridge. Uh, Marva takes pity on Cassa, takes him with them. Cyril Karn and Mosk's tack pod arrives to Ferex. They begin their search for Cassian, including raiding Marva's home, which pisses off all the locals. They're like, she's just an old woman. What are yeah. you doing? Cassian calls B2 on the comm, alerting Karn to his position. Luthen meets Cassian in the factory to supposedly buy the Starpath unit, but is actually more curious about Cassian himself and how he was able to stole it what kind of man he is and it kind of signals that he knows a lot more about Cassian than one might think he knows that it sounds like we're assuming Clem mm. was hung in the street for some unknown crime uh Cassian says that one can infiltrate the Empire just by playing to their arrogance they are so how fat, fat and satisfying yes he got it. I love it that's a I point. love it. And then uh, Luthen offers Cassian a chance to join the rebellion and be part of something bigger. Uh, they get in a shootout with Karn's soldiers. They ba- barely escape. They leave the Starpath unit behind. Karn's Surge pisses off the, the townspeople. They all go on lockdown. They start hitting this metal to alert each other. We great- get this great moment from Karna. That's that's the sound of a rebellion, you know, like ah, mm-hmm. uh, like the way these people just kind of have this like connection well, that, with each other.
0: That Eric, when you were talking about it being like The Wire before, like to me when they're all like doing the little clicks and dings to notify everybody around that there's trouble It's like, like 5-0, 5-0. Yeah, 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 all the whistles and like, yeah, Right. I thought, yeah, totally.
1: Or like the way, if you watch season one of The Wire, it's a little dated at this point, but the way that they use burner yeah. beepers yep. to communicate with yep. each other so that they can't be tracked. Yep. Like, it's such a, like a clever yep. world-building detail. Um, so Biggs gets cuffed. Tim... Confronts the soldiers, they shoot him dead. Yeah. Uh, Brasso and the other townspeople begin to riot, sabotage an attack pod. Uh, it's pretty cool to see it all fall apart so fast. Mm-hmm. Luthan, Cassian, rig an empty speeder into a bomb, humiliating Karn. Luthan escapes with Cassian and their departure from Cross crosscuts with the uh, flashback of Marva taking Cassa mm-hmm. off Kanari. And I just love this final sequence with all the music. It was just so beautiful to see uh, uh, Cassian is essentially someone without a home. Yeah. And his only, des- his only comfort zone is wherever he's headed next. Yep. He's always had this kind of level of discomfort. And it's kind of made him a perfect rebel spy mm-hmm. as someone who can never settle down. He's always dragged off into another abyss, essentially. Absolutely. Now, let's talk about Luthan Rael and how he knows so much about Cassian Andor, his secret rebel network, what really happened to Cassian's sister and his stepdad. So, Tommy, let's ask it. What's the big question from these first few
0: episodes? Well, Eric, I got to ask you. What is Luthen's plan, Dor? Mm-hmm. Wow. We're
1: gonna, we're gonna make it work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just a reminder to everyone of uh, like where things are currently in Star Wars. We're in five BBY. The rebellion is still uh, kind of in its infancy. There is some stuff going on, but things aren't really organized yet. Uh, we know that early seeds were planted about fourteen years before this, when Senator Mon Mothma, Senator Bail Organa, and a few other senators met in secret at the dawn of the Empire, planning to covertly. Uh, disrupt the emperor's actions in a bid to preserve democracy however possible this is a deleted scene from revenge of the sith and i wish that they kept it because it's such an important scene uh, but we know from canonical literary sources that Bail Organa met Ahsoka Tano a few years before the events of Andor to enlist her in a rebel spy codenamed Fulcrum, of course. Um, and then around this time, uh, around 5 BBY, in Star Wars Rebels the animated series, the crew of the Ghost is starting to come together. Actually, Leia Organa has begun to assist in low-level rebel operations. I think she's now aware that the rebellion is happening. Her parents mm-hmm. finally admitted that to her. Um, now, we know from trailer footage that Luthen Rael has some relationship with Mon Mothma. He he wears a different disguise as he works in an antique shop on Coruscant. And we know that he has a relationship with Saga in and the Partisans because we know from trailer footage they meet up at some point. Um, so when Bix contacts Luthan using that Morse code-like device in episode one, I think he was actually expecting her call. We know our man has done his homework. Yeah. And we uh, he knew that Cassian's stepfather, and I'm guessing that's Clem, that yeah. was Marva's partner. He must have been the one who was hung in the street for some crime. Mm-hmm. And that touches a nerve with Cassian. But I'm most curious about that Imperial Star Path unit because it's supposedly extremely valuable. So much that Bix gets upset with Cassian that he was holding out on her. It should not have been this easy to find if it's this valuable. Even for someone just kind of uh, strolling in like they own the place to whatever Imperial Center where he got it from. Uh, Luthen doesn't seem that interested in it. Even though Cassian says it can be used to find every Imperial site within nine radial parsecs, uh, Luthen is willing to leave it behind and he's more curious how Cassian got it. He's more interested And the person who stole it than the object itself, uh, Cassian's methods, where the Empire is weak, Mm. the the trouble spots, uh, and where people he has on the inside might have been exposed. Because I think the Imperial Star Path unit leak was a test. Mm. Tommy and I were joking about it being like a golden ticket that Willy Wonka snuck in throughout uh, for people to find. I think there might be some truth to that. I think Luthen has a mole inside the Empire who leaked the Starpath unit with data that Luthen might already know. That's why he was willing mm. to leave it behind. I think this was a test to see whether a criminal like Cassian could be skilled enough to steal it. And whoever reports back to Luthen saying that they found this golden ticket passes that preliminary test. And now Luthen is curious what methods Cassian used because he's part of a very uh, discreet and carefully orchestrated plan to recruit people. It's hard to recruit people for rebellion because you don't know who you're talking to. So you have to have people who, who come to you essentially and start to steal stuff. And how do you do that? You have someone on the inside leak this stuff for them to find uh like if you imagine like game of thrones we remember when in, series, in season two when Tyrion lannister told different pieces of information yep. to uh three different people just to see where the leak would come out mm-hmm. uh and i think that's uh, a version of what cassian is doing here i think cassian uh, or i think it's a version of what Luthen is doing here and i think cassian is on his short list already he has a short list of criminals that might be good uh, recruits for what they have but they're afraid to approach them just outright because they don't want to get outed as uh obviously Luthen is someone who has to like wear disguises in order right. to have the access he has um so i think he has uh put Cassian on his shortlist ever since Clem's execution i think in that moment they're like wait so there was this adopted son there and they're criminals still okay Mm. all right just put him on the list yeah we'll we'll see if we'll see if he finds his way back to us yeah um and just so that everyone knows yeah this series doesn't seem that big on easter eggs or cameos i doubt we'll see ahsoka tano show up as another one of Luthen's operatives Mm. maybe names like fulcrum or Mm -hmm. captain Cindula or the ghost might get referenced in a small way uh but i think i think one thing is for sure that uh knows a lot more uh than we thought and I think that this uh, Imperial Star Path unit is a total red herring. Really, the more valuable thing was a new operative, and they had to be very careful about how they recruited them. Yep. What do you think, Tommy?
0: I agree. I think, um, as as you know, uh, Eric, I am your Padawan, and you are my master. But I, uh, Or maybe I'm your Sith uh, apprentice. But uh, either way, I was about halfway to where you got. I thought the I thought the, the Star Path was... Uh, uh, was a test i did not think luthin uh already knew the information that is brilliant if he already knew everything that was on that unit and then still was like go find it for me i think it makes perfect sense though because i mean it really i mean the the entire most of the time of of uh, that we see the rebellion on screen they are the underdogs they don't have the technology they don't have the gear what they have are the people they have the people that are willing to go farther are willing to sacrifice it all are willing to risk it all For the cause. That is what makes it a rebellion and not an empire, right? An empire is stocked up. It's the Yankees. They got Aaron Judge. They got all... We're going to lose all our fans with that. It's a good sports (laughs) team with a lot of superstars. The rebellion, they're scrappy. They do a lot of bunting, stealing, spitting in the (laughs) eyes of the catcher. So, yeah, I think that that makes perfect sense. And I love the idea that he actually knew every piece of information on it, which would also explain why when... Things were falling from the ceiling and everything. Even before then, when it was just a little bit dangerous, he's like, who cares about it? Forget about it. Leave it. Leave it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm with you.
1: Yeah, I think um, uh, just keep an eye on this Star Path unit. Remember, yeah. they did leave it behind, and now there's going yeah. to be a huge investigation on right. Ferrix. Like, the fact that it's unclaimed, unless yeah. someone can, like, grab it up real quick and right. hide it. Like, if that gets entered into evidence, it's going to be a very big... Uh controversy yeah. for whoever investigates yeah. this. Like mm-hmm. it's like basically saying, like, wait, there was a briefcase full of nuclear codes right. at this crime scene. Wait, there, um, were, there how were fi- did this get
0: out? There were files with important nuclear code information just hanging out somewhere random. This story is too fantastical, Eric. We should probably talk about <laughs> our sponsors. <laughs> we probably
1: should move on.
0: And uh, if if you think
1: this world is too insane to get through without some help, yeah. well, we have news for you. Better help is here to help. How uh, we care for our minds affects how we experience life, so it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps, but there's also BetterHelp online therapy. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even chat-only therapy sessions, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and actually, Tommy began uh, using BetterHelp recently. Tommy, you want to talk I about did. that?
0: You know, Eric, I just, I think about, I thought about my brain. So- and I thought about my health, and I thought about my well-being, and I said, you know what? Let's just spit this out to someone else and see if they can unscramble it and make it their own star path unit of information. And so, yeah, and I got to say, I keep saying this on the break room, and I'll say it here too. I am not necessarily the most motivated or functional person when it comes to taking care of yourself. This was so easy, so easy to sign up for, so quick, the turnaround. You know, once I entered in just a few bits of information about myself... You know, you can go as personal or you know you can you can be vague if you're not yet comfortable sharing as you like, they'll match you up with someone that that is a good fit. and my fit was great. I'm still working with her. She's wonderful. Uh, it's been a great experience. and so some, for someone like me that really needs a little push and not necessarily is gonna do the heavy lifting, to, especially when it comes to therapy to to you know make sure that it's perfect, better help, I could not speak uh, more highly of it. And here's what I think is cool for our uh, for our viewers, they can get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Wookie. That's BetterHelp.com slash Wookie. So enter our code. It helps us. It makes BetterHelp. Keep sponsoring us. And it also helps you to get the 10% off. I mean, that's pretty great. That's
1: great. Thank you for sharing that, Tommy. And yeah, that sounds like an awesome thing to uh, to check out. Absolutely. Um, All right. Let's get back to talking about this episode. Yes. Um, A mystery that uh, gets introduced in episode one and not really explored in episode two or three that much is this idea of Cassian's sister. Or at least like... The the younger female companion that he considers his sister, yeah. whom we see in the flashback in episode one, he's ex- he's looking for her in this brothel in Canary right. on in episode two. What do you think's the story there, Tommy? What happened to this sister?
0: I you know he he left so abruptly. It's one of those things where the Star Wars universe and Star Wars, the Star Wars universe and the way. That it often plays out, makes me think she works for the empire. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like somehow, mm. the next round of people that came in, the next round of adults that came into that tribe were uh, empire forces, uh, imperial forces, or or that tribe, you know, is still around as adults. you know It has scattered throughout and created mm. their own you know, syndicate of criminals. Maybe it's another crime syndicate. I think there's so many fascinating ways for it to go. And you're right, it was kind of left to marinate after the first episode. You know, we, we won't get to know until we get to see future episodes, but. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's a curious thing. I, I tend to be more, inc- I tend to be inclined to predict she is probably with the empire, but uh, that's just my personal prediction. Yeah.
1: You know, it's interesting. This is really the inciting incident. Like yeah. up until this point, Cassian could have lived his life in relative. Uh, I mean, he was a scrapper. He was, a you right. know, uh, he had like a criminal record, but this is a moment he outs himself as being from Canari. Mm-hmm. and that's what like, causes people to find him on ferricks he accidentally kills two cops like that's mm-hmm. this is the inciting incident he may, he slipped up yeah. he made the mistake of going to look for his sister so right. this is a very very important thing to him yep. that he finds her yep. uh, and i i think even though the it seems like the plot whisks away from that i think that is going to be his guiding principle that the this season absolutely must readdress Uh, and now that he's swept up in this world of the rebellion and is going to be joining these rebel plots, I think that's got to be something important by the end of it. He's going to like run back into her. Maybe she is a, she's someone who is um, imprisoned Mm -hmm. in one of these uh, work camps or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Wobani gets mentioned in these first couple episodes. There's like a raid to Wobani. And we know that that is the site of a, of an Imperial labor camp where, um, where jen urso gets imprisoned in rogue one Mm -hmm. um maybe his sister is is in that prison it was a it seemed like it was a female prison or at least the cell that jen urso was in was a female cell Mm -hmm. so um but like if she worked in this brothel we don't know if the canary woman was for sure his sister Mm -hmm. like it was implied that she wasn't so like i don't know why they would set up uh, another canary woman um but like uh, yeah, maybe she could end up like being someone in the employ of uh, of an Imperial officer. You mm. know, this idea of they're so sat, fat and satisfied. Right. Like imagine if she is like someone who's like uh, working as like uh, a server or a bartender right. or in some other kind of like unfortunate position working for some other kind of like. You know, is there going to be, like, a taken scenario? Oh, yeah. Cassian oh, has God. to go into some pleasure yacht yeah. and save her just by shooting past someone. Jesus Christ. I have a
0: particular set of scoops, yeah. and I won't track down. It's shooting people you. in the face. They're going to take you.
1: <laughs> I, I think, like, maybe there's going to be an opportunity where uh, Cassian has an opportunity to either rescue his sister from the clutches of some high-level Imperial officer, or Luthen pressures him and says, we can flip her. We can use oh, her. yeah and and he's like I don't want to use her I want to get her out of this he's right. like no we need her in this position right so talk to her see if she's willing to join our cause uh i don't know i think i don't think cassian's going to be too betrayed uh feel too betrayed by the mm. by the rebels in this episode because we are in the season cuz we know uh where he's going to end up at the start of rogue one he's still working for mon macba and everybody right. so um yeah we'll see what happens uh, maybe his sister is already a rebel yeah, and she's the one who kind of says like, you know, she dies oh, at the end of this season, and yeah. she's like, "But I need you to to wow. keep fighting in my memory." Maybe, you know, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Maybe she's the one who planted the seed with Luthen to find maybe. him.
1: Maybe, maybe. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, similar question. I think we should talk about. Mm. I, I don't know if this is like an intentional mystery or just like the way the, the writing talked about it. So in episode two, we see the big mining pit on Canari. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, when Cassian gets a report and someone says, what is Kanari?" They report back to him. There was like an imperial mining disaster. And now the planet is toxic. However, when that ship crashes there in the flashback, those are separatists. They have the separatist hex uh, logo. And that, that sets it not during the Age of the Empire, but during the uh, Clone Wars. If mm. they're separatists versus the Republic. Now, it could just be like these are separatist officers who are just still wearing this separatist crew uniform and it's after uh after, you know, uh, uh Palpatine has declared the mm. the empire or something like that. Mm. There could be some overlap in the time periods, but it makes me wonder if there was some other kind of thing that had happened there after mm. after this uh mining pit has had been abandoned and that the empire maybe took back took over this area and kept digging and did something even worse yeah, there yeah yeah and they called it an imperial mining disaster right. That there, there was something else some other kind of war crime that was uh that right. was covered
0: up there well where are all the adults right it's a tribe full of children right. so like that got, they got to be
1: the kids of the workers yeah. right that's the my adults
0: thinking. were the miners that were killed right yeah yeah
1: um so whose fault like do we think that there was some other kind of like worse disaster there, some kind of cover-up
0: yeah, that or more massacre. That story. Or maybe, maybe you know, maybe the miners yeah. were rising up, or maybe you know, this show is so, so grounded. Maybe it was like they tried to unionize or something. You know, not to, like. Maybe it was like they they wanted better wages, and the empire, some overzealous imperial officer just mowed them all down, and then they were yeah. like, oh, these kids and like you know maybe they maybe or maybe they didn't know about the kids or whatever or they or they just abandoned the kids there and then they were like it's toxic so nobody goes to look and oh, sure and research what they did
1: yeah i'm super curious to see what this ends up being yeah. i think there is more to the story of what happened on canary and the fact yeah. that so few people know about canary i think yeah. there was like kind of a ministry of truth deal that mm-hmm. they kind of like put up a cover story in any kind of records people look up on canary it's like well then uh if it's not in the archives it must not exist right, right? right. like i think there's like a situation where the, the archives were like adjusted right, right. and one thing that i would love to see explored on the show is how information is controlled mm. and it seems like you know we're gonna be meeting the isb anton Lesser's playing a character mm. you know like that's i think the whole idea of how information is controlled in this empire is is finally going to be explored in star yeah. wars and I, and I can't wait for that yes indeed we will leave it there for this episode wookie leaks and again right. my easter egg breakdowns for episode one and episode two already on the channel go check those out if you haven't already breakdown of episode three is coming tomorrow so i'll get into all the details that you missed from that you can follow tommy at tommy bechtold follow me at ea Voss, follow new rock stars and subscribe to wookiee leaks wherever you get your podcast subscribe to new rock stars thank you for watching and
0: we, we have spoken, have spoken.